Split Tube Media and a Synesthesia Podcast present a special daily October podcast. Hell, 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 hell. to the king. I was trying to, in my head, uh, write a poem about this movie while I was putting Gus to sleep. It's admirable. Uh, and I, I got this far. Uh, I got the first stanza. Uh, Tony This stanza. is Overdriving by a gas station on a maximum evening. Whose truck this is, I think I know. His keys are in his pocket, though. Who was it drove the goblin green into the gas-attendant spleen? But I, I couldn't write any more than that. <laughs> I mean, I think good. you captured the whole film right there. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome back to the latest installment of Hell to the King, the podcast where we talk about Stephen King movies. I'm Jason Michalich, and with me as always is Jim Hickox. Uh. And today we also have a special guest from across the world. Mm-hmm. Mike Daly. Hello. When you set it up like that, it sounds like he's going to have an accent, and everyone's going to be disappointed. Oh, so so cool Kiwi. I bet he sounds awesome. No. Well, put one on right now. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you just fake it. My Kiwi accent is uh, very bad. Like, considering I do a lot of, like, theater and performance, I, I can't do the Kiwi accent. I don't know what it is. All I've been able to master with the Kiwi accent is, uh, it's like that internet video. Is there e, e equals I? So, like, I'm outside working on my dick. I'm gonna go out on the dick. <laughs> so you just have a one one it's penis just, joke. It's, yeah, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a penis joke. Yeah, great. But yeah, it's, yeah. What you say? I'm gonna go home to America, <laughs> and everything sounds like a question. That's the other thing. Everything sounds like oh, a yeah. question, and E equals I. That's all. That's as I far as I've think, gotten. I think you need to be a little more nasally, also. Yeah. Go out on my dick. There you go. <laughs> Back to America. Uh, the dick in America. I. In a in a peaked fit, they're gonna of kick me out of the country. Self-loathing, yeah, and that's why you have to go back to America. Uh, in a peaked fit of self-loathing last night, I watched uh, Almost an Angel, the Paul Hogan movie. Oh, which, wow, Jason, we should t- spend another five minutes on sometime. I know this isn't the right time or place, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty. Um, I mean, it's awful, but it was also delightful listening what to is- someone talk with a. Australian accent, which isn't the same as the Kiwi accent I recognize. No, they get real angry but when you mix those up. It's it's like twenty degrees off, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, they can it's get just, as angry as they want. Weird. They're they're a fifteen hour flight away. <laughs> yeah, true. from me. It's Come very, beat me up. Come true. throw a haka at my face. <laughs> sounds uh, sounds close enough. Now, um, what is the premise? of the movie Almost an Angel oh, that makes him Almost, almost an Angel, an angel. Uh, a film written, produced, and starring b- by Paul Hogan is, uh, it, it, like, clearly in, in his greatest power just after Crocodile Dundee where people are like, he's gonna be a movie star, right? Yeah. He, uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, like, aggressively Christian, which is weird, but it's, um, it's, he stars as an, a great thief, like the world's greatest thief at dealing with electronics. The movie starts with him in prison making a remote control that can control basically anything out of a razor. It makes like zero sense. Um, and then he 
he gets out of prison and like makes the whole prison just... go crazy with his magic razor <laughs> button. And then was he just trying to shed the like Bushman persona? He's yeah, like, he's what's like the urban. most opposite of Crocodile Dundee? MacGyver, yeah. 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 Yeah super complicated heists anymore because everyone knows it's me because I'm the only one who can do it. So I'm just going to be a regular stick-up man. But he doesn't want to get caught. So he pulls off a heist dressed as Willie Nelson and then starts to pull off a second heist. Oh, no, no, no. He pulls off a heist dressed as Willie Nelson and then saves a kid who's about to get hit by a van and then he gets hit by a van. And in the hospital, he like hallucinates God talking to him uh, and thinks that he's sent back to Earth as an angel to help people. And so then the rest of the movie is him like trying to help people t- to to earn the rest of his angelhood but he's yep. just a dude though right he's not actually he's, dead and well, come back he's just so a then, dude who thinks he's dead and come back 90 percent of the movie and the thing that's the most interesting about it is that he like there's like a scene where someone fires a gun at him uh and and he's like oh i'm immortal and then you cut back to the criminals and they're like ah, i loaded your gun with blanks because you're a freak and i knew you'd try to shoot somebody you know so it's like play it's <laughs> the whole time they're like oh no he's definitely just a guy who had a weird hallucination and then at the very end uh they're like no just kidding he's a real angel in the last like one minute they're like we lied to you a bus runs through him and just like it go, it, like ghost dads straight through him and he's like ah suckers i'm off to I, save the world like- does he will himself to become an angel through his monomania? You could say that. Sort of, it's like sort of like a Fisher King thing, but more literal. I I think you're being generous to Paul Hogan's okay. writing. Uh, the okay. best thing about I, the movie is that his best friend in the movie is Elias Codius in a wheelchair. Uh, oh wow! Oh, yeah. you buried, so the, buried lead, the lead sir. on that one. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Anyway, it's a. Uh, I only it's... vaguely recall that movie's existence, which I had completely forgotten until right yeah. now. And then as soon as yes. you said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I absolutely remember that fucking movie." Well, that was I was I'm currently going through boxes of my old stuff and trying to like throw away. I'm my parents my parents moved from Virginia to Maine and left me a large inheritance of old things in a storage unit. Um, nice. <laughs> so I picked it up and I brought it back here, and I'm currently going through the process of of like I have all these boxes and I'm like. Oh, and it's like you open them up and you're like, oh, this is all garbage. I'll throw it away. But then as you go through it, every single thing you pull out, you're like, well, my baby blanket. Oh, uh. <laughs> so now I'm like burdened with all of these artifacts that don't matter to anyone, but have some. Anyway, I was looking on my TV for movies to watch and I saw the poster for it. And I was like, I 100% remember watching this as a kid and being disappointed. And childhood disappointment, I feel like, is it's like the saddest emotion that I can identify with still. Um, like if I see a kid who like drops an ice cream, I'll cry. I, I just like can't, it's too much for me. Anyway. So this like vague memory of my own childhood disappointment, I was like, now is the time I, well, I was going slightly through drunk things, and going yeah. through boxes. And I was like, I hate myself right now. Let's embrace Paul the Hogan hate. be almost an angel. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that you... In, I thought the story was going a different way. I thought it was you inherited this box of stuff, including, like, a VHS oh, of Paul Hogan, almost an angel. And you were just, like, going yeah. through, oh, do I... Do I, I should watch this movie. I don't remember if I like this movie or not. Should I Should I keep this VHS of almost an angel? Maybe I should watch it. I'm going to be sure. <laughs> that, I mean, I wish, but no. I definitely rented it at... I think it's one of those things where I had seen Crocodile Dundee and I was nine years old and I saw the box at Handy Ron's video where I used to rent videotapes. Uh, and and I was like, Mom, I want to watch this. You know what I mean? I recognize this man. He was funny. <laughs> Would that, remember that scene with a knife? Ha ha ha. Yeah. You remember, Jason, you remember the scene with a knife. Don't make that face at me. Um, 
No, it, it's, it's not a knife. That's good podcasting. Oh, Don't right. make that face. In at my me. brain, that's it's a knife. Pod, but you're correct. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time we've ever done it where we can see each other. Oh, that's wow. That's true. This is our first Slash time. the first time I felt obligated to wear clothing. <laughs> I mean, look. I actually, say, I didn't. I didn't think about it. Actually, my apartment's just cold now, and oh, it was sure. hot like a week ago because it's New England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so every other podcast we've done, I've definitely been having no pants. But yeah. I got pants today. Congratulations. Well done. Um, well done. Guys, maximum overdrive. <laughs> so I have I have a fundamental... Should I get into this later? Let's talk about the movie first. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, is, this film is this clearly... Is, it's. I think it's well documented that this is the cocainiest movie ever made. Oh, oh my God. Oh, just piles of cocaine. But I'm I think it's well documented just with... The film is a well-documented film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I think it's a, an acknowledged fact, right? But I, on this rewatch, yes. I was like, oh, it's also one of the most gleeful movies I've ever watched. Right? Oh, I yeah. feel like it's just every choice is just made for fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, Pat Hingle wandering out of a closet with a bazooka, like, out of nowhere. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's... <laughs> What's the silliest thing that could happen right now? Give yeah. Commissioner Gordon a bazooka. Uh, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Mo- most unexpected rocket launcher <laughs> in a movie yeah. of all time. I, I, I laughed out loud. I was watching that on headphones in a dark room <laughs> while my baby was asleep and his mother was trying to do something on her computer and I just lost my goddamn mind in the middle of the room. And that happened. Oh man! I this movie 100%. I haven't looked this up to confirm that these are facts, but like with my <laughs> eyeballs and ears, I know these are facts. This movie is definitely. It's like Stephen King was they they were in the midst of a like endless run of Stephen King adaptations, and he had a, a thousand books out, and everyone yeah. was like, "He's at the height of his game." Hey, Steve, do you want to? straight up just like write direct a movie we're gonna give you carte blanche to do it and he in his head was like yes i want to do that and i only want to do that once here's a list of stupid things i want to make happen (laughs) and it's you know it feels like a it's like a metal machine music it's just like a here's my retirement yeah (laughs) i i had 35 things i wanted to put on celluloid now i have done it thank you the poster really? is the poster is just like I got so confused every time I saw the poster I had to finally blow it up because I couldn't tell what the fuck I was looking at and it was the poster is like a piece of paper with Stephen with like bearded Stephen King like reaching <laughs> through the piece of paper and then like <laughs> tiny Emilio Estevez and the truck is shit down below and he is like puppet mastering like everyone's on string <laughs> and he is like puppet mastering That's everyone amazing and the, it's like in the it's like the title is tiny and in huge letters it's just like Stephen King makes Stephen King and it's like what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's um, it. That's accurate. Yeah. That's also some really strong Mel Gibson on the set of Apocalypto <laughs> Energy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer to Apocalypto and <laughs> finding that one frame that yeah. he stuck in there oh, himself, of him like smoking standing a joint? next to the yeah. actors caked in white, like, white clay, yeah. and he's just got the biggest, bushiest beard, and he's just staring straight ahead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the, the hubris in this movie is like, it buries the needle. It is like off the fucking scale. I mean, if the, Steve, he's the first thing, the first thing you see in the fucking movie is Stephen King yeah. shoving his face into the camera. Like, right? Amazing. Like, what the but fuck? But at the same time, being it's called an asshole yes. by an ATM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes he's like, no sense at all. He's like, this is what this movie's gonna be. Yeah. 
Yeah. But the first shot in the movie is the bank he's walking up to, <laughs> says, and it just you. starts saying "fuck <laughs> you." Like it's talking directly to the audience. The subtext yeah, is yeah. Like, Wait, I know. oh, a hundred percent. Jim, I think historically you're like pretty close in that uh, I, I think everything leading up to the making of the movie is pretty much as you describe it. Yeah. Sure. And then my understanding is halfway through making this movie, Stephen King realized he didn't want to make movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. And he was just like, uh, all right, we're just going to get through this. Yeah. I, b- I believe that. Yeah. yeah. And you know how he th- got through it, Jason? Is with another pile of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. He definitely, uh-huh. he like blew a line, wrote a list of funny things to do, and then blew another line and then wrote one draft of the script and then showed up on set and was like, let's get to the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is crucial that I have a shot of Emilio Estevez waggling his ass at the camera. That yes. is very oh important. Also correct. I don't think he makes any wrong decisions. In this <laughs> yeah, no, I, this is a strong... So, so Daly, you haven't uh, heard any of our previous episodes because they have yet to be released as we're recording this. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but this is the 11th day of our daily Stephen King. Stephen King. This is the 11th King. King. <laughs> this is the, yes, the 11th day of our daily Stephen King podcast. And uh, we started this with opposing theses. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, my Jim's was that there are no bad Stephen King movies. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and by further, the that I property. don't believe that it's possible to make a bad Stephen King movie. <laughs> I've been putting was that that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim's Jim's thesis took a big <laughs> dive in the dirt right around Cujo. Yeah, um, but since but, then it's been pretty. I think we've it's been a pretty solid string, man. Well, there've been some. Uh, sure, there are there are some there are some dogs. Dips. Literally. There are a couple, it's, but I well, think... Well, there's a dog, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's some bad movies. On the whole, um, I think they've been pretty solid. What I will at least say is that no matter what, this makes it all worth it. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. I, I think back on day five when we said that the, uh, the Dead Zone was probably the best mm. Stephen mm-hmm. King movie ever made, mm. we were speaking way too quickly <laughs> yeah. because we had not yet dealt with Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> so, so I went into this movie completely blind. Like, I... Had, neither I, of I, you had ever seen this before. No, I'd never seen it before. Oh, and in fact, I knew the title and yeah. the only other thing I knew about this movie at all was the image of the Green Goblin truck, which sure. is also never explained. Nope. Ever. Like, they don't even make reference to the fact well, that it's a, it's toy a Spider-Man thing. Like, it's just... It's just a, just a <laughs> goblin truck and... Yeah. And which is yeah, yes, ex- no, that's the correct choice. I actually don't want an explanation for why. <laughs> no, like even yeah. just like that guy. Oh man, you got any Spider-Man comics? Like no, 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 no. Just fuck it. Just there's a giant green <laughs> goblin truck. No one will ever talk about why. Yeah. Uh, one of the major themes of this podcast is explaining things is for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works for me. Um, Daily, you also told me. I don't want to. I want you to keep going on your initial reactions to this film. But you had told me uh, when I reached out to you, I was a little surprised. You're one of my go-to guys for weird movies, for science fiction, for mm. horror. Uh, but you said that Stephen King is actually kind of a blind spot for you. Yeah, it really is. Because uh, you know what? I didn't grow up with... I grew up with sci-fi, but not with horror. I don't know 
why per se, but like I didn't grow up watching horror movies. And also, I will say, uh, and you know, one of those things you probably shouldn't admit out loud, but I've never read a Stephen King book ever. Uh, is it is it Mike? Is it because you're a wimp? Uh, yes. <laughs> that's yes. That's <laughs> yeah. that is that is the reason. Is I, I will cry myself to sleep. Uh, I have no spine. I will turn into a pool of jelly. That's um, the reason I didn't watch horror growing up. Also, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, yeah. It just, I, so I most of that stuff, like I've seen, uh, you know, like the big ones, you know, Shining and uh, Carrie uh, and a couple others, Mist, um, but like a lot of the like Firestarter and uh, um, Christine and a lot of the like, yeah, like the like that the, that eighties heyday, yeah, the eighties heyday of King movies. Sure. Like I, most of those, I just missed. Uh, and it's one of those things I really should have like gone back around and gotten to, and just just haven't really. Um, yeah. I I mean I didn't go out of my way to watch them in the heyday, but it was sort of like they were in the water. Yeah, you know, like even if I didn't sit through a whole one, I saw enough chunks on TV or just absorbed through other means um, that it felt unavoidable. Yeah, sure. But uh, um, Jim hasn't read any King either. True fact. So I think I'm the only one here with any experience. I haven't read And that even Jason much. has read some King. We're, yeah. we're, I feel like but, as much as only four people are ever going to listen to any of this dumb podcast, three of them <laughs> are going to listen to one episode and be like, why are these... Someone who knows Stephen King should be doing this. Yeah. But we'll just have, we should have an episode... We should have a roundup episode at the end where we bring in a King book fiend and beat them up. <laughs> the, <laughs> but I, close- I would argue we do know Stephen King... Because well, we've watched Maximum Overdrive. We know him better yeah, yeah, yeah. than yeah. most. Well, and that was, I don't know if you remember in our first episode, I was like, I'm afraid this is a cop-out to say, but I think that this one might be the most Stephen King Stephen King movie. But it does feel like a, you know, it's like, it feels like an easy answer because he wrote it and directed it. Yeah. And it's the only thing he's done that with. But it's also just like such a mainline, straight into the base of your skull movie that yeah. I, it feels like it is a real distillation of all of his impulses. I didn't realize yep. that he had directed it until it started playing either. <laughs> I didn't. I only knew Emilio Estevez was in it because he was sure. on the Google Play image, and before I, when I hit buy or hit rent. So, uh, but yeah, I was literally like, I almost jumped off the couch. I was like, holy shit! Wait, he why didn't directed you this? hit buy? You should have hit buy. I know. I, I should have. I really should have hit buy. I don't know. I, that was ne- a next crucial round. flaw. Yeah. In six months, when you're like Jones and for hit, hit yeah. buy. Oh, and that's gonna happen. That's definitely oh, yeah. gonna happen. <laughs> What what's interesting to me is that it is, I think, Jim, you're right, a <clears throat> kind of a, a crystal distillation of all of the best or or wackiest or I don't know most fun yeah. impulses in Stephen King movies. Oh sure, yes. But but it has very little to do with how his books feel. Mm. Like it's very distant from what it feels like to read his prose writing which is really interesting to me it really says that he came to the movie being like i want to make a movie for sure and to me that's a different thing than writing a book oh 100 it's a different different way of communicating fun trash like gonzo it it also goes a long way to sort of explaining his legendary distaste for the shining oh yeah shining i should say not the 1997 remake that he had made for yeah. television. <laughs> Man, I've been wanting to watch that for fucking ages. I I never saw it, but I saw some clips of it uh, a while back with Steven Weber, and I was like, oh, shit, I need to find this and watch it because it looks like magic. That's I think great. he's smart to come into it as, 
as a movie. Right, and it's, uh, I mean, you said a, a few times, Jason, that his books are very internal, and this movie is 0% internal. Oh, no. No, yeah. no one has a thought that is not in your face. <laughs> Yeah. Or irrelevant. No, I would, you could just right? have personally. No one has a thought. Yeah, no, yeah. Everyone, exactly. They have actions and they have lines of dialogue. There aren't yeah. even no characters, really. Like, I, at one point, I oh, thought, yeah. like, oh, it's just like The Mist. Like, they're all, it's a bunch of people, weird situation, and they're all trapped in a little building or whatever. It's like, it's sure, The Mist, yeah. but without characters. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's The Mist with <laughs> ciphers instead of humans, you know? I, it also, it feels a little bit... I'm just jumping back to my theory that he wrote eight things he wanted and put them together. It feels like Amelia Westevez and his love interest are like, whenever they're alone, they're in a different movie than everyone else. Yes. And when Baseball Kid, until he arrives there, is in a oh different movie than every... And, and his movie I would rather watch. Oh, I mean, his I, movie I, is I love amazing. this movie, but I would watch the shit out of a like 98-minute just that kid going through this mid-destruction world. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the whole movie. Okay, so the, oh, yeah. the his baseball- instincts to pull the catcher's matchup. Oh, so Holy good. hell, I lost and you're like, my oh, mind. He's, he honestly, that kid is the only character. He has he has a, like a drive and a personality more than anyone else in the whole movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that So that baseball diamond, let's talk about that baseball scene for a while because <laughs> holy shit, that is like, that's maybe my favorite five minutes of the whole fucking movie. Um, it's just... Well, let's, let's the, real quick just recap what the movie is blah, oh yeah that's fair that's because fair. most people haven't probably seen it because we're Wait, 20 minutes in we haven't said this what is, the plot is i came into this podcast having seen like five stephen king movies and this was i'd seen this twice already i yeah but is... you <laughs> no, would have fair. seen this movie <laughs> this is like prime stephen king viewing i think no no it's not <laughs> well it should be i hey, agree jerks get on it that's so, to the audience not you two i short, know you've already seen it Long story short, uh, this is a movie about all the machines in the world turning well, into murderers. Most. Most most of the machines. There are yeah. a lot of machines in this world that just don't do shit. I don't know if they're lazy all machines. All the machines in the world. <laughs> but they all have the option, I think, right? They've all become yeah, yeah. sentient, and some of them are still just hanging out and doing what they used to do. I mean, that that is, well, okay, that so is something I actually we have can a question about whether that. or not there's an answer to that. But yeah. But the 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 uh the the quick logline is all the machines in the world start killing all the people in the world and oh, our no. main characters are stuck in a gas station surrounded by homicidal trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we can move on from there. Okay, good. It's also specifically There's a lot of questions. To I ask think it's important me. Jason to note that it is specifically a truck stop that just sells diesel. It is just for <laughs> trucks. It just sells diesel. Yeah. Cuz yes. otherwise they'd be getting a bunch of like Ford Fiestas and stuff rolling out and they're not. <laughs> they're just getting giant trucks and occasional military vehicles. Yeah. Occasional military. Yeah. Um yeah, no. So I actually I had a lot of feelings about that like that premise cuz it's like first of all I was trying to figure out Okay, so okay, well, and this is actually a good point. We can start in the baseball scene. So at the very beginning, there's the movie's <laughs> jumping around, cutting from place to place, and it goes to one of the people at the truck stop offhandedly mentions, "Oh yeah, my kid's got a baseball game. He hit a bunch of home runs or whatever." And then a few minutes later, it cuts to the baseball game where the team, the kid hits a home run and the team wins. And then the coach goes to buy. He says he's going to buy the whole team sodas, and then he puts in like yeah. one quarter. Uh, well, he's you, like, you, they're you all going to split one soda. I think is what he's going to do. <laughs> Um, and, and then the soda doesn't come out, so he kicks the machine, and then the machine shoots the soda can into his nuts, like yeah. you do. 
and then yeah, it's a good his, net hit. Yeah, and then he bends down. So then he goes into his chest, and then he bends down some more, and then he goes into his face, uh, and then he ends up with a soda can shaped like hole in his face, which yeah. is which is great. <laughs> Uh, but then it's like all of the kids are just standing there going, what, what? And then the soda machine pelt, starts pelting all the children with soda cans at high velocity, uh, which I was way into. But one of the kids starts to... And I should add a seemingly impossible angle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Because when he's getting the sodas, he's standing perpendicular to them. Yeah. <laughs> and I... then the like that, that soda machine has real range. Yeah. I like to imagine the, the grip who was standing off stage just throwing soda cans at a bunch of children <laughs> while they were shooting that scene, which is real fun for me. Um, I think but... they might have been launching them at a machine. They were really... They, they, had, they had speed velocity, to those right? cans. Yeah. Yeah. But th- then one kid tries to get away. He tries to get away on his bicycle. Mm-hmm. And then the bike, like, seizes up. And the kid, like, flips over the bike. And I thought to myself, oh, so it's, like, any mechanical device. <laughs> it's not, like, electronic. It's not electric stuff. It's just anything with a moving part can be controlled. It's like the bike revolted on the kid. And then the kid fell down. And then the kid gets crushed by a, a steamroller. For reasons passing understanding. For me, in that scene, it feels like it's a scene about a coach trying to buy soda and then the soda pelting the kids and the kids running away. And you're like, this is the end of this scene. And then it keeps following that one kid. And you're like, oh, I guess it's not the end of the scene. And then that, yeah, that like steamroller just busts through the fence. And you're like, oh, I'm in a different scene now. This isn't. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Still baseball diamond. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I did a little little Googling and I found out that uh, there's an early cut of the movie where the kid's head explodes under the steamroller. Oh. Oh. So King had this idea, which was like, oh, what I want to do is have a blood bag, like go off, like put a blood bag near the dummy corpse so yeah. that it so that it explodes on the steamroller and then you get a big blood smear on the steamroller and then it'll sure. leave Smart. like a printing press it'll leave like blood smear empty space blood smear empty space blood smear and then get that Which shot is beautiful yeah. but it's pretty beautiful but they fucked it up and the blood bag got like pushed to the end of the corpse and then exploded so it looks like the kid's head explodes basically <laughs> That's now you're making Still me great. question my idea that Stephen King made every correct decision on this movie. <laughs> well, I think it, apparently it was uh, it was in early screenings and it was totally cut by correct. Censors. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, okay. no, 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 I don't. I wouldn't think he would have cut it. Okay, out. good. Yeah, good, no. Good, good. I think that at this point in time, having a child's head explode would get you an NC-17. Yeah, yeah, he has a kid run over by a steamroller. <laughs> yeah, true. but they. You, those focus groups do the most like nitpicking of like how many seconds of what kind of blood nah. from where yeah. to justify their own lives. But um, I want. I'm just re. I'm just rerunning the scene right now. That's why we should right get now, rid of the MPAA. Because I, I wanted to see the bike revolt because I missed the bike revolt. I don't think the bike well, revolts. I think it just jams and he falls over. That was hit by a can or something. Well, that's yeah. what I thought later. I was like, oh, maybe he just hit a rock or something and he just yeah. flipped over his bike. But at first I thought, oh, no, the bike, like, it's a mechanical thing. The bike revolted against him, too. And then I thought, oh, no, no, it's it's only electronic yeah. stuff. It's Except only electric then, things. But then later there's, like, plenty of things, like... Like one of the like the trucks has just like a pressure wheel, like a, just a hand wheel, and it just like it just spins yeah, itself. Or levers the move themselves like without any circuits involved. I'm like, oh, apparently, just 
any shit can move around whenever well, they feel like established it. established from the beginning, right? It's like the first thing we see is those machines saying cusses at folks. And then the next thing it cuts <laughs> okay. to is the bridge lifting up. And that bridge, when it does it, it's like buttons are pushing themselves and levers yeah. are moving around. And so you're like, okay, I guess electrically controlled mechanical things can move themselves in ways that they couldn't logistically do. I think you just have to move past it. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, that, <laughs> that, that bridge scene... Yeah, there's, I, I will say, there's no evident reason for his bike given for the bike to flip over. Yeah. No, he just like, suddenly do, stops. It does read... It reads as just, they need him to fall down fall there, down. so they had yeah. him fall yes. down. Yeah. And didn't think about the fact that it would look like the bike was turning evil. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they meant to do that. I think they weren't thinking it through. I, I bet yeah, to no. them, in their super coked out brains, they were like, <laughs> "No, his bike broke." I don't know, whatever. Who cares? And they yeah, were never, flew. they were never yeah. even like, "Oh, but bikes are close enough to the super vague rules of our world that maybe." <laughs> well, um, um, that bridge scene is just, amazing. By the oh, way, yeah. oh my god, with that um, van full of ACDC who scored the full movie, which is again a correct choice. Okay, uh, okay. I was just going to say, watching the um, the the baseball diamond scene, I'm just reminded of one of my favorite things about this movie, which is the uh, the guitar chop oh, sting. The Psycho Sting. The Psycho every, Sting. Yeah. Psycho Sting, but via chop, through chop, chop, ACDC. Chop. Yeah. Incredible. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so uh, the I like, I also call that, it's like, is this music by ACDC? And then there's an ACDC van yeah. on the bridge. And I was like, oh shit, yeah. is it, are they going to kill ACDC in the first few minutes? And <laughs> apparently, like, no, no, because no, they didn't actually want to be in the there's movie. It's just a roadie, yeah. Yeah, but they did, apparently, well, this is another thing that I read today. Apparently, uh, the reason. homework guy. I know, I did, I did, I did homework. I did, guys, guys, I did some research, which is to <laughs> say really I cruised through IMDb for four minutes, so. <laughs> Uh, Jason and I always come in fully unprepared and then talk about nothing. That's great. <laughs> uh, no, apparently uh, the reason that ACDC does all the music is because Stephen King fucking loves ACDC. Yeah, of and, course. And he met them and was like, "Yo, I'm making this movie. You've gotta, you've gotta do all the music for the movie. You gotta be in my movie. You gotta do all the music." They were like, "Yeah, I don't know." And then he sang one of their songs like start to finish. Like he sang the whole fucking song to them, and they were like Just standing yeah, in front right. of them into <laughs> yeah. their faces. Yeah, 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 I love yeah. that. that, that Screaming, that he's, he's just like thunderstruck, <laughs> and they're yeah. like, "Oh my, please stop, please." Okay, we'll score your, please, we'll score your movie. <laughs> That that also solidifies my opinion that your impression of Stephen King was slightly off. I believe the conversation was more like, "Oh my god, guys, oh, oh you gotta, I'm making a movie. You gotta be, you gotta be, in, you gotta be in my movie." Hells bells. Oh man. Um, um. Do you you guys know that Stephen King is or was in a band for a long time, right? And he, he plays a guitar, and all the frets are marked out with spiders instead of those little dots that are normally on. <laughs> of course they are. Oh, that's yeah. great. I do love how much he just leans into. Oh yeah, his he like figures out his thing, and he does it. Yeah, yeah, it's marvelous. Um, but I do I agree with the idea that uh, that it's like what you're like watching different movies. Like there's the baseball kid movie for a oh, while yeah. with like he's going through the neighborhoods and shit. And yeah, that's that kid's the best, you know. And like when the lawnmower the, and. He hides from the ice cream truck, and yep. then the lawnmower goes after him. It's so beautiful. Um, which actually leads me to my another question, which is, like, so, so there's a lot of, there's a bunch of, like, sort of random, uh, like, kills that happen off screen that you just sort of see, like, the detritus of later. So sure. 
uh-huh. which is which is the better random off-screen kill? Mm. Is it uh, the dog that choked on the toy car? <laughs> yes, yes, it's that. <laughs> or one. is it the airplane that dive bombed a school bus? <laughs> oh, the airplane of the school bus is so good. Right, where they just drive past it and nobody says yeah. anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, also it gives pa- you. It's like a long enough shot that you have a lot of time to think about the implications of, like, was that school bus on the wrong side? Was it, like, was that airplane aiming for the school bus, or was it aiming yeah. for the kids in the school bus? Yeah, was it was it a murder-suicide pact between the plane and the, the school bus? School yeah, bus. yeah, yeah. Maybe the school bus was like, no, I'm going to save these kids from all yeah. these other machines, and then yeah, airplane no. was like, no way! Because it does seem like they have, so they can, like, com- right, they're, they're communicating Oh, yeah. Somehow. Because they're like, the trucks are like, we want diesel fuel, and they're like, we don't have electricity, and someone turns the electricity on yeah. the building, right? Which, so that by building's the way, electricity is psychically connected, Jason, psychically connected <laughs> with the trucks somehow. This is another of Jim's theses, that every King movie will have some sort of psychic phenomenon well, yeah. somewhere. There's a it. strong argument for this one. Uh, uh, it's, it's, so far, strong, it's, like, yeah. it's like 70% so far. The Morse code thing is maybe like the dumbest. Oh, like, so like, it's stupid. so stupid that I love it. It was like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe this is happening, and also this is the yeah. best thing that's happened so far in this movie. And that kid's like, yo, it's I have a merit badge in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he decodes it. Yeah. Give me a pen. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. <laughs> But also starts right at the beginning of the message. Like, doesn't start halfway yeah, yeah, yeah. through, yeah. And, yeah, and then I was like, oh, it's a looping message. And they were like, no, it's not. Shut up. And I was like, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I questioned you, Stephen King. Um, it was, I, I did like they established the Morse code early on, but very subtly. Mm. Wait, how? Um, in the scene where the, another, <laughs> when it entered uh, the third movie that's happening, when which Gus- is the Newlyweds movie. Oh, oh right, yes. yes. Uh, when they're driving to that first gas station they find, which, by the way, for a minute I thought was supposed to be the main gas station, and I was very confused. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like a time Well, yeah, because he because says, like, oh, we really uh, need some from... gas, and then they go to a different gas station. You're like, wait, hold on a second, what? Yeah. Wait, yeah, because it also had just cut from, like, mysterious happenings at the first gas station, like the Green Goblin truck had just lurched at its first person, mm-hmm. and then we cut away to different people coming into the gas station. I thought it was going to be like, turns out this is 20 minutes later <laughs> after the carnage, but no, it was just a different Can I just station. note, different people meaning some dude and Yardley Smith, the voice of yes. Uh, yes. Lisa? Yes. A. Simpson. Lisa Simpson, Yardley yes. Smith yeah. doing god-level work. Yeah. Oh my god, oh, like, unreal. In, in like, the worst character. character. In this movie is so good. They're like, alright, so you're just gonna be, like, a shrill new wife who is terrible, and she's like, I'm gonna do that as hard as anyone possibly can. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. alright. She's riffing so hard, and she's riffing so well, yeah. and it made me love her even more than I already did, which I did not think was possible. Yeah. Plus, I never thought I'd see a movie where Lisa Simpson got finger-banged <laughs> under a diner table. Uh, sure. But that's... That... Oh, well, I have some websites I can show <laughs> That's a thing that happened in this movie that I was not prepared for, emotionally, was... physically, or any other way. I appreciate how horny the newlywed couple <laughs> yeah. are. Uh, <laughs> they're introduced with him asking if he can watch your piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but as they're driving into that truck stop, they actually do a really nice job of being subtle about it. All the cars and uh, all the cars they pass are flashing their lights yeah. at each other, yeah. and the and the railway thing are flashing their lights at each other. So I feel mm. like all the cars oh, and the railway yeah. station everything are communicating in Morse code to each other. Yeah. Good call. I I saw those flashings. I didn't process that it might have been something i could attempt to decipher not that i would well i don't i would let, let me stop right there 
I don't think anybody went to the bother of actually no, no, no. putting rumors. No, they're just flashing lights. Yeah. But they're like hinting at the concept of Morse code. Well, that's, so that's yeah. one of the things that I... It's like I can't decide if I love it or if it's like frustrating, which is like... Oh, you love it. You probably. I've got this, I've got pro- this for you, Daily. You love it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, the, the idea that it's like... I mean, it is the most evidence of ever that this is just a movie, you know, built created and sold on cocaine that like it's like there's all the, these sort of like half an idea in there mm-hmm. but there's not it's there isn't really codified in a logical way where you can like oh well if that's true then this is true like like i can't figure out like is it that there's one force guiding all the machines or is each individual machine like sentient and can talk are they sentient or are they just being controlled or the individual machines yeah. have like their own perspectives and point of view so they like talk to each other like it's i can't i can never figure out like what the fuck was going on with any of them it does well, and that, it feels that to me like the right ladder. up to the last frame. yeah yeah oh absolutely because that last frame with that title card so they set the whole thing up at the beginning that earth is passing through the tail of a comet yes and they see keep seeing the comet in like ener- green energy in the sky mm-hmm. and they're like it which must is be beautiful the, comet. the comet's making the machines crazy no it's totally beautiful but then at the end there's this title card that says unreal what what was it that a, a russian weather Qu- quote unquote weather satellite yeah. shot down a ufo and then earth passed through the tail of the comet yeah. it's like wait but so it was still the tail or the ufo was in the tail or the ufo was nothing did you wait done. jason did you it, miss it, Keanu, yeah. uh, uh amelia west of his crucial monologue about the broom because yeah that was some next level shit right there Emilio Estevez has has a tearful monologue in which he explains, it's like a broom, man. Like, if you wanted to buy a house and the house had pollution, you would, like, come through and clean it out like a broom, man. And that's like, I bet there's, like, a UFO and that's what's happening. It's like, they're coming and clearing us out, man. It's like, it's like a broom. It's like, wow. Wow, yeah, that was Emilio. a triumphant moment. That yeah. was that was. They were like, "Oh, these aliens were going to invade. They were doing a great job, but Russia shot them down." Well, and that's then, the thing. And then after, and then also, this movie is what like two days, and then they're like, eh, and then there's another seven days of movie that we're skipping <laughs> yeah, exactly. over. Exactly. And, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, okay, okay." Well, and it's like it's so so it's like uh, I can, I can't figure out. It's like one of these things feels like like either it's a movie where. Uh, they made this movie just about like trucks and shit coming to life and people running from possessed trucks and then felt like they needed to create an explanation after the fact so they put in the before title card the after title card and then like one day of reshoots for the Emilio Estevez talking about a broom a UFO broom (laughs) and like one insert shot of a newspaper because other than that like almost nobody ever refers to the comet like at all it's like an afterthought you know I um I'm sticking with my theory (laughs) That Stephen King wrote this in one afternoon on a ton of coke, and they didn't change a word from that point on. I think that's why there's so many half ideas just sort of slammed together, yeah. and things never bother to congeal. You know, it's like everything's like close enough to working that he was like, I don't need to do a rewrite on this. Yeah. I bet he put that UFO in there from day one. I bet he was I like... Also... I, or, I, or, I, or he like wrote the middle of the movie and was like, uh, we'll put a comment on it. So there's two things. Um, one is that the the movie is loosely ba- it's not credited, but it is like loosely based on a short story he'd published called Trucks, <laughs> that is just like the core idea of like some people in a gas station and the trucks have gone evil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like super short, super simple. Like that's. Have that's you read cool. that, or do you just um, know that? 
I don't. I know that, and I read part of it the other day when I was at a traffic light. Okay, all right, it's <laughs> that short because I had <laughs> I had the paperback on my seat. Sure, because I've been trying to do a little research, um, but I didn't finish it because I didn't want to crash my car. Good reason, or have the car crash me. <laughs> so, but the the other thing is that I. I, so he had that like core idea for sure already, and everything else is sort of growing out of it. I think. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing is that I will one hundred percent give King uh, some legit credit on this, in that I I know that one of his major interests, and it's something you can see uh, reflected throughout a lot of his works, is things being unexplained. Mm. Oh yeah. And things having multiple explanations for sure. And things be like, one of the things that he's most into is like things that happen and you really just can't figure it out. Like even the end of the original novel in Carrie has all of these references to like government organizations and different, uh, you know, theories as to what had happened in the town. And it, it's like a little bit blurred at the end. Mm. And that's always been something he's into. And, and so I, I think that while it definitely is also a uh, Coke induced half ideas slammed together. Yeah. I don't think he would see it as a problem <laughs> no. that it was left that way Agreed. because in his mind he's like, yeah, this crazy shit happened and you're not gonna yeah. know. Yeah. Well, so there's because well, yeah. none of those people know. Why would you know? Yeah, exactly. Right? And I think yeah. there's like a, almost like if you wanted to make like the better version of this movie, yeah, it would just be Hold the people up. and they don't know what's yeah, going on. Not possible. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. No fair. What, like, what do you the, mean better? The, the quote unquote like good version. Of this well, movie, it wouldn't have the explanation <laughs> cards at the beginning of the end. Yes, you know, exactly. it would just be like, oh, some weird exactly. shit happened, and then it, and then it didn't, and then it stopped. Happening Wait, so you're saying the better know. version of this is exactly the same, but minus the beginning and end t- tail the ex- explanations? Well, no, it wouldn't. That no, I like this version be... better because it's so silly <laughs> that I can't not like the 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 sarcasm in the final title card, where it's like a Russian quote unquote weather <laughs> satellite, which just it, like I think it literally says, which so happened to be carrying a laser. Cam- and a yeah. nuclear missile. Nuclear <laughs> well, this is also this is a Cold War movie, right? Yeah, I mean, it's oh, absolutely. Not like oh, yeah. Based around it, but it's during it. Yeah, it's it's in the height. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually, and at one point, I even thought to myself, like, because I I think like the be- look the beginning part when all the machines first start to go fucking bonkers is great, and then I actually think it kind of peters out a little bit in the middle, like it kind of stalls out for a while, where they're just kind of like stuck. No pun intended. And no- yeah, literally, yeah, nothing's really going on other than. Uh, an Oscar caliber performance by waitress Wanda June standing oh. out in the parking lot and just screaming, "We made you! You right. can't do this! We made you!" Which is just I yelled amazing. that at my son tonight when he was. <laughs> yeah, my time is coming for sure. Um, but yeah, no, kind of it kind of stalls out for a while. But then, like, so I had been taking notes and I had written down like. Man, you know, these trucks are not very menacing villains because they're just slowly driving in a circle around the building. And, you know, you should be able to dodge a fucking tractor trailer, you know, like they're not they're not maneuverable. Like you should on foot be able to step out of the way of a of a slow moving big rig, basically. And so why didn't the trucks just drive through the fucking building? Like, they've got them all the people trapped in the building. Why don't they just demolish the fucking building, you know? And then I thought to myself... At some point, these trucks are going to run out of gas, right? Because they're just running in, in circles for hours. And My I thought face. I was smarter than the movie. But in fact, Stephen King had me beat. And it turns out <laughs> that was the whole point of the movie, is that they needed a refueling station. Yeah. So that at some point, this car, which... 
car is a generous term for this device that shows up. It is basically like a, a railroad platform. hand cart. It is like yeah. a, a flatbed <laughs> with, a, with a steering wheel. I don't even think it has a seat. I think it's just a steering wheel and then a machine gun mounted in the center of it. Comes up to point the gun at the people and then Morse code honk the horn to say, hey, we all need gas. We need you to pump the gas that's why we kept you alive fucking come out and pump our gas and then it's just five minutes of everybody exhaustedly pumping gas in the sunlight weird which is awesome that was the one thing that kind of lost me is that i was like their their job every day is to go out there and hang out and pump gas and we've watched dudes do it they just they put they do exactly what you do they put it in the side of the truck they pull the handle in and then they lean on something until it's full which is minutes and then suddenly when they're doing it for these (laughs) trucks they're all like bruised up and exhausted and like panting and you're like what everything you're doing involves eight seconds of putting a thing into a hole and then you just lean on something for three minutes why are you but I thought the idea was that like trucks were coming from oh yeah because there's that line of yeah, still takes so they're like ten minutes to just, fuel up a they're truck. Doing, right, but they're doing it over and over and over, so they yeah, have to for like, like a full work, work day. for ten hours at a time, and yeah. they're and they're already exhausted because they've yeah. been. But it reminded me. It reminded under siege. It, just, it reminded like, me of and the, they have blisters on their hands, and that yeah, no, that it's true. definitely yeah. very. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a manual pump. Oh, and that's why the, it's not you watch it happen yeah that's true that is true that you you see the guy because the first guy who has the who gets the diesel in his face he has yeah. it on oh, like yeah. the automatic setting like he has to unclip yeah, it. he's just it's, like sitting on the concrete block next to it yeah no i know i know um no, but it reminded me of the original uh like pitch like treatment for ghostbusters which was as opposed to like a going into business story it was that they were like it was like in the future where there were just like ghosts everywhere and they were like ghost janitors basically that they were just these like oh, that's funny. like schlubs who just like oh, they get, oh there's a ghost on level five and they just get like called up and they got to like do this fucking thing and nobody likes them which is like they kind of get there in the middle of that movie but i was like no i yeah. kind of want i want to see like that version of this movie where it's just like a world where the fucking trucks and the <laughs> devices have like taken over and there's just like 10 fucking people who are like trapped at this gas station and they're forced yeah. at gunpoint to at imaginary gunpoint to like refuel all the trucks because the trucks still need a human being to pump the gas just stay in the light yeah, yeah exactly I would, you know like that's I amazing would watch i would watch the like 120 years later version of that where it's like we're two generations down and yeah, there's like exactly. tiny pockets of society at the at the like the oil refinery and at the different <laughs> diesel stations and they just like it's how it's always been they just fuel up the trucks and live in their tiny gas station there would have to be some other plot yeah <laughs> that's just a setting but that's a, i would watch that movie yeah yeah i'm into that i'm way into that movie um, can we pour one out for uh, poor Leon Rippey, who dies trying to retrieve the fakest diamond ring in the history of fake diamond rings? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was... I was trying to think there. I knew there was at least one more scene that I definitely wanted to highlight before we close this out. And it was that scene where they're all running down the road, and he stops to get the diamond ring... And then they all turn around, and a Mack truck has snuck up on them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Green Goblin truck. The Goblin truck yeah. has snuck yeah. up on them. It is It is moved somehow so quietly. <laughs> it's the Prius of Big Rigs, yes. <laughs> I just really thought that was charming. It yeah. is really lovely. And then there's the clumsiest uh, final uh, firing of the rocket launcher by Emilio Oh, my God, yeah. And the movie just kind of... Stops happening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, they get on a boat to an island where there aren't cars allowed. Right, yeah, yeah. 
Where like Although, presumably, yeah. I assume there's still like a snack shop where like a soda machine is spraying them in the face, and they're yeah. like, "Cut it out, soda machine!" for another seven days. Yeah. But it's like not nobody's dying. Yeah, I feel like some of those I mean, I motorboats at the marina should have gone after them, right? Like, oh yeah, how, like how was well, they? Were they sailing their boat? Yeah, yeah. yeah they he was on a sailboat with no motor. motor, no motor, no motor. <laughs> Amelia Westevez, man, I don't know, like. I, I the the bit of him uh the the like tender love scene uh, yeah. with with the hitchhiker where like I don't know which is my favorite part the part where he's out of focus the road twitch yeah you mean road twitch is what you mean <laughs> thank you uh the part where he, the shot where he is literally out of focus like nobody is in focus um uh-huh. or the part where he is like using his fingers to wipe the sweat off of her forehead and then oh, yeah. paste it and then like lick yes. it like like a real like creep yeah like he's drinking the sweat off her forehead it's real weird and like it's played are, yeah. so sweet and tender like, no 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 that's gross dude you're like don't do no, that that's awful some real choices being made there. <laughs> it's strong strong choices i will say there's also to to keep on the king thread like and and there's uh, that little bit towards the beginning where he he has the like minute of a subplot where Pat Hingle is running this corrupt gas station yes. and just getting uh, ex-cons on parole to work there and then basically ho- making them a hostage because he'll uh, fuck up their parole if they don't work extra hours yeah. for no pay and all that other stuff. Well also stockpiling like, the- military weapons in the basement. Like, yeah. What is well, his yeah, life, there's man? There's that too. But that, <laughs> but but just that little bit at the beginning was so it was really nicely and economically established yes. and done, and and that kind of thing is a glimpse of oddly enough the kind of thing that King does in his novels that usually just gets left by the wayside when they get turned into movies because people yeah. don't know how to like Do put that, them in yeah. there cleanly without a lot of exposition or just ignoring it or whatever. And I just, I, I liked that bit. I was like, oh, that actually yeah. was really nice. It's very strong. And you think it's going to sort of come back harder than it does when it happens, but it like, it pays off. It's mm-hmm. a, yeah. And it's a nice bit. Yeah. yeah, but like, even if it didn't pay off, it just made it all it's a, world. a little bit yeah. more lived in yeah. before, you know, all the nonsense happens, which is, it's again, is one of the strengths of King's writing. Sure. Yeah, as I've said before, he's not a genius, but he's not a hack. He's a real writer. Yeah, and that's one of the things that his books do really well. I would have liked to see more. Like I get, like I said, sort of about an hour and a half into the movie, where they suddenly like, oh yeah, no, the trucks kept them alive so they could pump gas. It's like, oh yeah, retroactively that all makes more sense. But I really (laughs) liked the bit with the uh, electric carving knife. It goes after the waitress at the oh, beginning. Oh, so nice! And and how Emilio has such a great bit. first impulse is to smash it with a hammer. Nothing yes! has yes! gotten weird yet. She gets <laughs> cut with a knife, and he's like, "Oh, I'll destroy that shit, <laughs> fucking kill it." But like, I wanted there to be. I'll m- kill that knife for you. <laughs> I wanted there to be more of that because, like, oh yeah, you're in a fucking truck stop. Like, there should yeah, be so everything. much weird shit going on in there. Like, oh, so many yeah. things that could be revolting yeah, like, in like fun ways. Should just be spraying stuff yeah. at them, right? They should be taunted constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted more of that stuff. Felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities there. Although uh, Gus Fring being killed by arcade game at the beginning is uh, pretty special. I did actually. not realize that. Was that Giancarlo Esposito? Yes, it is. Oh, it definitely I had no is. Idea. <laughs> it is uh. a very young Gus Fring being killed by a random arcade game, which apparently the like the 
symbols and I, it made me think of this is what made me think of Ghostbusters is the there's like a bunch of like random symbols like stars and triangles and oh, circles yeah, and stuff yeah, flashing yeah. on the screen oh, I love watching that yeah. those are were purposely chosen because those are like the symbols that are using used when like uh, testing people for ESP ability so it's the scene from oh, Ghostbusters at the beginning when he's holding the cards uh, up and making people guess what's on the other side of the cards and then shocking them yeah, yeah. and, and then, then he shocks notch him. on your belt there Jim yeah right what? oh yeah 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 I'll take it <laughs> This has been another episode of the special October daily edition of Synesthesia. Hell to the King. And we'll be back tomorrow with looking oh at my list. So Jason, um, what are we what are we watching next week? Tomorrow. Oh my god, tomorrow <laughs> we do this every day. <laughs> every day well, has become thank- a week to me. <laughs> thank- Thank you, Daly, for joining us from from the the Golden Isle of New Zealand. Hey, thanks, is that man. What they call it. Yeah, sure. Why not? The 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 Emerald Isle is it the Emerald Isle? I, that is what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely that. It, from I, Old Blighty. Yeah. Thank exactly. you for joining us. Yeah, I'm gonna go hop on the Blarney Stone right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the rest of you, join us tomorrow for the Running Man. Oh, I've never Ooh. seen that, Jason. What? I haven't what? watched it yet. I've never seen The Running what? Man. Oh, you're in for a treat, sir. That's a Bachman movie. That's not a King movie. First of all, you're making me do The Lawnmower Man, so fuck you. <laughs> Second of all, how have you never seen The... This is... Okay. I This I'm re, This is rewriting everything I know about you. I feel... Can I tell you why I've never seen The Running Man, Jason? It's because the yes. title is so boring. <laughs> It is. I also. Right. I. I. It's the exact same reason I haven't watched Marathon Man. In my brain, they're the same movie, and neither of them has any content. I had that problem aware, for many years. <laughs> you are aware, though, that Marathon Man is about Lawrence Olivier torturing <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, and that The Running Man is about Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to survive a futuristic game show. No, I don't know that. Okay. <laughs> That, so that, both of those movies are things you should watch. Those do both sound like yeah. things I would be into. Why do they have such terrible titles then? <laughs> there's a great. It's there's like, a great. It's like <laughs> guy takes a walk. The movie. Who cares? I'm not going to watch that. It's like uh, I know a lot of guys who go for a run. They're like, hey, I did three miles today, and I'm like, great. Don't tell me about it because I don't <laughs> care. Like, what did you see a dog and keep moving? Who gives a shit? You went past some fences. <laughs> Oh, I mapped out a new route of my neighborhood. Great, good work. I hope you lost a pound. I don't care. I'm gonna go eat oh, a pastry. Marathon, man, this movie is twelve hours long. <laughs> yeah, and it's wow. not Showa. It's it's just you watch a guy watch Showa. <laughs> it's Dustin Hoffman watching all of Friends without stop. <laughs> Hell to the King is a special presentation of the Synesthesia Podcast, produced by Iguana Donald Studios, and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Music by Loyalty Freak. Hell to the King is recorded live, in your ex-boyfriend's house, while he cooks dinner, and asks us genuine questions about our day, and cares about the answers. Tomorrow. Oh my god, tomorrow. We do this every day. <laughs> Synesthesia.
Thank you.